Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. Hey, everybody. Brother Fuge, good morning. Welcome to this side of it. We're, yeah, we're still uh, trying to cope with uh, daylight savings time. I wish they would end this thing. Is there anybody else out there who just wants this ended? It's like prime time for me. I mean, I, I can't get over it. It's still a week later, and I'm still struggling to deal with it, shall we say, to, to sort of <laughs> ratify Oh, I think it's such a needless waste of time. I don't think we really need it. I think we need to stick to one or the other. I don't know about you, but that's just me. So I want to talk this morning about the rise of uh, hate against Asian American and Pacific Islander uh, communities in America. And I feel like, like the rest of us, that this is just another face of Jim Crow. Uh, we've seen it in just the past two weeks in, in Georgia where Jim Crow has taken on wearing suit and tie going into the legislature. So they took off their, you know, usual uh, Ku Klux Klan thing and, and, and just put on suit and tie going into the legislature to pass voter suppression laws directed at African-American communities. And just a few days later, some kids, some white kids somewhere, young white male as usual, filled with hate that the society has advanced without him choosing not to engage or participate in this society, even though said society provides him with what? Privilege and access. He decides that he's going to go in and shoot people up. Unbelievable. (laughs) You've never lived anywhere that observed daylight savings time. I don't understand how, uh, lobbies get away with so much in America. I mean, they just lobbied for it, the energy uh, lobby, that it saves energy. It does not. It's a needless amount of production to change clocks and to change times on time cards and all sorts of stuff. It's waste of time. And it's, it's murderous when it gets darker earlier, later on in the year, in the early fall, and the kids have to stand out on the corner to wait for the bus. Come on now. We need to just fix it. Just go Eastern Standard Time and just be done with it all the time. I'm not a fan of daylight savings time. I'm not a fan. I grew up in a country where we had Eastern Standard Time all the time, and it was just fine. It was just fine. We tried daylight savings time, and children, one girl, one child was murdered, and then they stopped it. So now it doesn't make any sense. So we need, and this is the thing with America, you have all these interest groups, but you never seem to have interest groups for the right cause, yeah? The cause that is good and uplifting, you can't find an interest group to, 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 to represent that. So I'm looking at the statistics of the rise of AAPI hate, I'm sure you've seen it, Asian American Pacific Islander. And I'm looking at it, and in the year 2020, there were 3,800 reports of 
hate crime. Now, for those of us in the black community, we're looking at this like, why? Because we're accustomed to it. In fact, this is what civil rights has been about. This is what we've been marching against with the George Floyd protest last summer, and I suspect there might be another one this summer. It, it, it happened. But for at the time, for other groups to come forward now and to say, well, this is happening to us too, suggests that we have a problem with hate. So maybe we thought that historically this was a black and white issue that maybe it was just black people whom nobody liked. Now we're finding out that they don't like anybody. They don't even seem to like themselves because this young white man, in his privilege, decides that the fact that he has a sexual addiction is everybody's problem. See, this is the thing with the messaging. The messaging is suggesting that blame the victim. The victims are six Asian women and the bystanders who just went to have a massage. One person just went to have a massage after work for back pain that he experiences frequently. They're the victims. So when white people get confronted by this, you turn around and you blame the victim. So here comes the sheriff's office in Cherokee County saying that, uh, he, you know, the killer was just, he was just having a, ba- a really bad day. No, the victims had a bad day. The victims had a bad day. They had never recovered. They haven't recovered from their bad day. They're laying in a morgue somewhere. Meanwhile, their families are in mourning and shattered and broken. And the rest of the Asian American community is shattered. Their sense of safety is shattered, much like the rest of the black community felt. When we saw... Trayvon Martin being shot when we saw Tamir Rice, do I go on? Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland, George Floyd, all these names that have now become hashtags. That's how we felt shattered every time after time after time. So the real question is, when are we going to wake up and deal with effectively the problem of racism? It makes no sense. And I'm speaking to all of us. I'm speaking to white Americans, black Americans, and everyone else in between. It makes no sense we step away from this and pretend that this is not a problem. So for those of you in Congress who think that, ah, the media is hyping something, the media is making a mountain out of a molehill, I want you to stop that and be responsible about your comments because there is something very wrong with hate in America. Years ago, I was on blog talk radio. I kid you not. Barack Obama was president. Remember him? It was the 2012 election cycle. And at that time, I predicted and I said, if the rise in hate does not stop, it is going to lead eventually to mass casualties. That was in 2011, 2012. I pleaded. I had a blog at the time. Never look back, to not look back to the past, to keep it moving forward so that we could awaken as a nation to the fact that here we are. Yes, our ancestors, all of them, made mistakes. Yes, they did. They made mistakes. And they socialized us and taught us against, based on the mistakes that they made. They made erroneous assumptions. They made erroneous claims about their own humanity. 
Yes, that is true. It's time for all of us to recognize that. I was watching a program on Christian TV recently, and uh, a rabbi, a, a rabbi, was talking about the King James Bible. And it's something that I have been thinking for the last several years, that the translation of the King James Bible is something is wrong with it. Now, I'm an ordained minister of the Christian faith. And when I tell you that it's beginning to become apparent that the King James Bible is written in tomes of anti-Semitism and is written in tomes of racism and sexism directed against women. And for years, I struggled. I, I used to wonder why I would sit in congregations and, and listen to the exposition of the word being transmitted and how it would not sit right with me. And I thought it was just me. But over time, I've begun to realize that the way it is written is the way it was directed to be written by King James. King James was a ruler of England. Apparently, he didn't like women very much. Yeah? And he directed that it be translated from the original Hebrew scriptures, which I understand is very different from the English translation. Are you hearing me? Hence, the form of Christianity that is practiced today, that is based upon the King James Version, that directed people to feel that enslavement of others and enslavement of people was okay, is where the premise of white supremacy is set. It's based upon that. Go and conquer the land and take the land from people. That kind of is not what they meant when they said that. That's not the original writing. Do you see what I mean? Beat people, kill people. And people... Some Christian preachers, some white Christian preachers, have even used scriptures in Genesis to declare that racism is not wrong, that, the, that black people became black because, because the ancestor of black people, Ham, the son of Noah, a son of Noah, his children looked upon his nakedness and were condemned to being black. Are you hearing me? They've used that. And we know historically that white slave masters have used the scriptures to defend their enslavement of people. So you have this convoluted history. So people today are just like, I'm just turned off that Christian faith because it just seems to preach against everything. No, no, it's the translation of the King James Bible. Because if you read other versions and translations of the Bible, it's not so sexist. And it's not so racist. Why? Because as time evolves, people begun to realize that it preached a different message and gave a different interpretation of what God wanted to say. So people say, well, what did God want? Well, God kind of just sat back and, and made us, let us make a fool of ourselves. And said, all right, you don't want to listen to me? Go ahead. Do what you want. Go clean it up now. Well, here we are. Saddled with the history that was built on hatred of others, built on hatred of people, built on hatred. Come on, Brother Fuge. Do you see where I'm going with this? I, I, I have one of my regular viewers, Brother Fuge. He's amazing. He's always, always giving his opinion. But do you see what I mean? So we have this history now where this young man, the shooter in Atlanta, has this past in his past. He was baptized just a few years ago. I think it was in 2017. He was baptized 
and was sold this doctrine of sexual purity. Are you looking in my face? I just told you that I'm a Christian ordained minister. You know what I can't deny? My humanity. I can't deny your humanity. It is incredible that we would tell young people not to have sex. Do you know why they got married so early back then? Because they were going to have sex and they were going to get pregnant. So they said, rather than just have this society where everybody just having children, let them get married. So if they're going to have sex, they have sex within the confines of protection so men just don't have sex with women, with girls, and then they just get off and leave them with children to raise. In fact, it was a very big, it was a big deal back then, much bigger deal than it is now, right? But today, we're telling Christians, some Christians, not all, are telling young people do not have sex and, and confess to a doctrine of purity and abstinence. Have you ever had hormones rage? Can you tell an 18-year-old boy that he shouldn't have sex? What do you think is going to happen? So this repression and oppression of individualistic and uh, repression of the person based upon faulty doctrine in the first place, because the doctrine in the first place was wrong. Because if you're going to have sex, then you should have sex with one partner and you should get married. So in case you get pregnant, get somebody pregnant. That should be what we should be teaching as Christians, not telling young people they can't have sex. We knew this was going to end up bad. So he developed what he calls a a sexual addiction, which to the rest of us might just be a young man exploring and, uh, you know, exploring his sexuality. He was still, he's still young. He was still young. So he was still in the process of evolving, and yet his his parenthood, the the group around him, the village around him, told him it's not all right. So he's mad as hell. He doesn't have the ability, apparently, to distinguish. So he comes out and he starts shooting at people whom he thinks. You know, the the crazy thing is he he was a customer of that establishment of one of the establishments. And then you have the system behind him defending why they let him grow up like that by saying he was having a bad day. It's as a result of his sexual addiction. So he's not responsible for his culpability in killing eight people. No, it's not his fault. It's the sexual addiction and pointing the finger at the victims, six of whom are Asian women. So it's a, it's, it's a double call. It's a double sword. They're Asian and they're women. Isn't that atypical of white supremacy? It's the same way they blamed black, black women whom they enslaved and beat up and raped and determined that their only goal in life was to be, exist, to nurse uh, white children from their breasts. Yes, and to be enforced into sexual slavery with their white slave masters. And when they had children, it was for the express purpose of providing free labor. We have this history. 
and I'm afraid our nation has come to this point. It's a reckoning that we're going through. Let me just pause for it. This is a tough subject. I feel for them on a human level, but as a black person, I'm ticked at the Asian diaspora and their participation in the perpetuation of stereotypes against us in commercials. Yes, there is a history there, and I'll get to that. I want to take the global view that when it comes to racism, racism is, has always been about whiteness and being in white skin. So, therefore, I guess I'm answering you, uh, the closer that skin color is to whiteness, is the more it's okayed by the white establishment. So, Asian Americans, with their history, too, they weren't enslaved, but they were brought as their ancestors, some of whom were brought as indentured laborers, which meant they came on contract, uh, have, a, have that history. But it was always uh, coached within the context of, I am the white person, the white person is superior. The dark person, the black person is not superior. So in between that is a wide range. And anybody, the closer you are to whiteness is the closer you are to the power system. The power, the power system. Well, all of that got torn down this week. All of that during the pandemic, uh, the previous the outgoing president uh, erroneously laid uh, the blame on the, of the coronavirus on Asian Americans and made others join in it. Ah. All of that is coming from a posture of hate. All of that is coming from a posture of always thinking that you are better than the next person, not because you are smarter, not because you are more learned in the, in, a, in a field, but because of the color of your skin. Do you see now why this has always been wrong? Do you see now? The sense of supremacy really seems to get in the way of the ability to fetishize or engage in transactional sex. Well, that's exactly the premise of it. The premise of supremacy is that I have dominion over anybody who is non-white. Do you see what I mean? So because I have dominion over anyone who is non-white, then they have no autonomy. They have no choice over what they do with their bodies, I, what I do because I am the white. That's the premise of supremacy, of, of, of it all. It's shocking, but we have to deal with it. And this is the reckoning. And if we don't realize that uh, Native Americans... <laughs> I've never understood that whole culture of Native Americans not being what I've always wondered, where did that come from? Native Americans, Blacks, and now Asian Americans, we have to begin to wonder. Hispanic Americans, are we all going to get together? Are you all going to see this as a national problem that we must get to the table, put aside our cultural differences, put aside the history of hate, that has been sold to us, that if the whiter your skin is, the closer your skin is to being white, is the, more, is the closer you are to having supremacy, and is the more I favor you because I am the power, and the white person has the power. We need to get away from that dynamic. We need to start looking at people, as people, when is that going to happen? Look at what happened down in Texas. The governor of Texas is an old white man. 
he does not give one iota of care to the rest of Texas, who are largely brown and black. And so he just effected a policy where you can do, you know, the, the energy commissioners and the energy providers could just send you a random bill for $16,000, cleaned out your savings, your checking account. And no redress has been made to return those monies to people. Imagine you, this is why you, you, you set up bill payment, automatic bill payment. I've never been a proponent of that. I've always felt like if my bill is due on the 5th of the month, it's my responsibility to remember that it's due on the 5th. Hello, somebody. So I am going to make sure I pay to either the 4th, the 5th, or the 6th, but it's going to be paid. I don't believe in giving anybody access to my checking account so that I set up automatic payments like some people had in Texas. And then they're, and they just sent them a bill and just whatever the bill is, it just wiped it out. And the governor is still sitting pretty. He still has, has all the amenities that he thinks he should be entitled to. And to heck with everybody else. Are we going to reckon with this? And, and I want to ask the question, what, do you, what, what does the Atlanta fast shooting have to tell us? What does it tell us about ourselves? That it's time that we sit down, that we all have a part in this. Let's just be clear. There were Japanese internment camps during World War II after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Let's just be clear that America did go into Korea and Vietnam, that we are an imperial power. Look at me. I'm biting my eyelashes, (laughs) right? And as an imperial power, we often make decisions and forays and excursions and explorations of other lands and peoples. Let's just accept that. Here are some of the consequences. Inevitably, we bring those folks to homeland. Guess what? They're woven into the fabric of our national tapestry. So now we need to do what? Respect and appreciate and extend the welcoming hand. You don't extend the welcoming hand with an AR-15 that some young white man feels it's his power and privilege. And just think about it. The other place was 30 miles away. And he drove for 30 miles on a freeway till he got to the other location. And it took the authorities, I mean, they did respond quickly in apprehension. But by that time, he had killed people already. He got there and killed people. I cannot begin. I listened to one of the 911 calls on one of the local, one of the national uh, channels, and it was very chilling to hear folks describing what happened, the language barriers. You're telling the 911 dispatcher, can you have some sensitivity and awareness that there is a man with a gun and you're asking, seriously, in today's America, now, now, look at this. During the entire pandemic, we didn't have a mass shooting. Hello, somebody. Did we? Not one. Can you remember? Did we have a mass shooting during the pandemic? No. Why? Because mass shootings are a, say it, choice. It's a choice the shooter makes. During the pandemic, mass shooters were still alive 
They were still plotting. Why didn't they execute? There was nobody to go shoot up because no one was gathered. So this is a choice that people make to go and shoot other people up. And they should be treated for what they are, mass killers. Not to be excised, not to be exorcised, not to be, ah, oh, it's just a bad day. No, he wasn't having a bad day. He, he actually executed and planned out, got to plan out what he wanted. The victims who cannot speak for themselves are the ones who had a bad day. All right, you know that I, too, work against human trafficking. There's another layer to those parlors, and if any of the service workers are found to have been trafficked, yep, yes. I I fear that that might emerge, that some of these uh, spa parlors are hotbeds for human trafficking. The reason they're not exploring it as much, you know, as a hate crime, it's it's twofold, it's political, uh, two, sen- two Democratic senators just won uh, Georgia, the Georgia Senate race. It's a runoff, so 2022 is rearing its head around the corner. So the Republican Party does not want to be labeled the party of, that permeates and perpetuates hate. So it doesn't want this, these crimes to be labeled as hate crimes, but they are. In any given situation, when a group of people are different from the shooter, either by gender or by ethnicity. It's a, it's, a, it's a hate crime. The second thing to this, of course, is the human trafficking portion of it. Uh, it's a subject I rarely talk about because it's very hurtful. As you know, I have a shelter that provides services to human trafficking victims. We're in the process of renovating it. And, uh, Every time I go there and I touch the beds, I'm remembering the folks who have passed through. It's, it's, it's something, the stories. In fact, a few years ago, I myself, had, I had to go into therapy after listening to the stories of survivors of human trafficking. We also know that in this Atlanta shooting, there's the fetishization of uh, victims. Of, especially of Asian women. It's a big thing. It's what they're talking about continually, that they've been sexualized to the extent where it becomes a fetish. And it is true. It, it is widely known and almost accepted. It's repugnant to some of us, but unfortunately to a wide percentage of the population, it's widely accepted. It's very unfortunate. It's very unpleasant, and it's disgusting. But... Again, it comes under the umbrella of supremacy. When the ruling group of people perpetuate an ideology of what is acceptable and what is not, then it is accepted and carried out by others. So if they say, well, Asian women belong in this category to be sexualized and to be fetishized, what do you think is going to happen? It follows. They say black women are to be mistreated, to be ignored, not to be educated, not to have access to resources that their ancestors fall for. What do you think is going to happen? The society follows suit, right? Native American women are also a group of people who are trafficked. And the, the, I suspect Atlanta situation where the police are hesitant to disclose people's origins, it's perhaps because of that, because of trafficking. Remember, this comes back to the former president. You remember that the owner of the uh, 
Patriots, the New England Patriots, was arrested a few years ago prior to a Super Bowl at a spa parlor in, uh, in Florida. You'll remember that. And it was found that that particular parlor engaged in human trafficking activities. It's something the media covered down because the outgoing president, the president who has left office, uh, was friends with the owner of the New England Patriots. He did not want his friend to be embarrassed publicly. But this is something that why it happens. This is why those of us, you know, we all go get our nails done and and so on. Be kind to people because you don't know their trafficking victims are not going to come out and put a horn on their head and say, hey, I'm being trafficked. Their very behavior and interactions with the public are being monitored and watched by the person who has trafficked them. They often have no autonomy. They have no identification documents except what they've been given. They can't do anything. They, they're taken here with a promise that they're going to work and send money back home, and then they come and they live in communes and they have no access. And so people conform to survive. You've read the ages. It is a very uncommon in America to have a 74-year-old woman working as a masseuse. Is that common in the black or white community in America? Hell no. 74-year-old uh, black women are grandmas. They're sitting down. They're teaching or working, but they're not in a massage parlor. So those are those are uh, uh, what we are seeing in real time is instances of trafficking. You work that you work that case. I would love to talk to you off camera <laughs> because I wondered why that case went away. The, the 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 circumstances against him were terrific, and it was tact. But do you see what I mean, folks? We have a problem. It's something. And the reason the, the government, the current government, the authorities now don't want to jump into it and they're not saying anything. They, the local jurisdiction does not want to hand this over because it has all sorts of ramifications. If it's a hate crime, it's going to be investigated by who? Hey, talk to me. The feds. What are the feds going to, un- to uncover? Complicity. That there had to have been cooperation between some local people and the traffickers for these folks to exist. So nobody wants the feds to come in and to look within it. I saw that from the beginning. I knew there was something going on there. It's just the way it is. Are you seeing what I'm saying? We, we've got to end this supremacy situation. We've got to believe, come out of the belief that in order for me to succeed, I have to be superior to the next person. I know it's centuries old, and it's slowly being eradicated because they wouldn't give up the power. So it's slowly being eradicated simply by population swell. But we've got to acknowledge that we have a problem. Trafficking exists and it's real. You, have you been on OnlyFans or what, what's that thing? I did a show on it recently. Uh, Pornhub. There's a young woman's story about her being captured from she was 12. And on por- there, there's the videos of her from she was 12 on Pornhub. She's now 26, and she can't get the videos taken down. She was, she's Asian. See what I'm saying? That sexualization of people's bodies as if they have no autonomy, as if it is not their own will. 
yes, I know that when we did those explorations and excursions into other territories, that women try had to survive, so they did what they had to do. But that's not uncommon. Why blame one group of people? They did the same thing in Africa. They did the same thing in other parts of, 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 the, of, of the world. I guess the only place it probably didn't happen as much was in the Middle East. But we have a problem with hate. Now, I'm going to read you some statistics that will shock you. 38 to date, 3,800 3, anti-Asian racist incidents have happened. Uh, during the pandemic. All right. It's, it's something that we have got to, in January and February of 2021, the Center, of, the Center Against uh, Anti-Asian Hate reports, are you listening to this? Between January and February 2021, this just happened, 250 reports per month. They've seen a dramatic increase, a 149% increase between 2019 and 2020. Folks, we have a problem. Are we really going to talk about it? Now, last year, we all watched the George Floyd protest, and I know many of us were sitting back and we were wondering who joined us and who didn't and and so on. But we realize now that the consciousness has to change and our awareness of the problem. I hope the Asian community recognizes that the rest of us will stand with you, but you have to come and speak up, and you have to come out and talk and tell us, because we don't know if we don't see. We vocalize. Black people vocalize. You've got to come out and talk and speak up, because we didn't know. Because for so many years, uh, Asians were the mother minority and were presented as, this is the minority that you should be like. We had no idea that they were profiling you. I I watched a very uncomfortable interview this week on CNN with the Attorney General from uh, Connecticut. By the time he was done, I was angry. He's lucky because I live in Michigan. I would have driven right up there and said, come on, dude, let's go take this on. He said just the day before that interview on Wednesday, someone called him the Manchurian AG. He's like, I was born in Hartford. They call him the Chinese, they call him all kinds of names. In the black community, they call us the N-word. They call us all kinds of names. Now, the person who has not done it to my face yet, you're, you're very uh, lucky. But think about that. Why do we allow this to happen? I believe that we need to start as a group. We need to start really treating these as hate crimes and start letting people pay for it. You should not get away with your loose mouth. And because your loose mouth also tells you that you can be loose with a gun. The ease with which this young man had access to a rifle. It's so easy. He could just took a rifle and just went in there and just felt like, oh, I can end this. Because he is confident 
that the system is going to defend him. He's still alive today. Six days later, he's still alive. And the victims and their families, the victims have no voice. They're silenced forever. And the families have to deal with it. It's time that people start paying for this. I saw where George Floyd's family was awarded $27 million. It's never going to bring George Floyd back. But somebody has to pay for eight and a half minutes. A white man's foot, knee was on his neck because he felt he had the power. That's the problem. The problem is people feeling like they have the power to do what they want. This young man, he had no political power. He had no social power. He was not part of the elected representation of the people or part of the law enforcement. But because he's white, he felt that the society would bow to his regards and bow to what he says. He was convinced he was in his power to go in there because those people don't matter. Do you see what I'm saying? This idea of supremacy socializes and displays to others that only what I value is valued. And if I say one group of people are not valued and they're only good for this, that's what it, it, it means. And this idea has to be eroded over time. We had a black president whom the Republican Party obstructed, obstructed, obstructed. Must have been aware that by doing that, you were sending a subliminal message that ignored the authority of black people. Well, kind of was a wrong thing to do because fast forward 12 years later, here we come again. We now have a black vice president. Did you learn your lesson from the first time? No. Well, I guess you're going to have to deal with it until you get it. The country has irrevocably changed. We are a melting pot of different cultures. We're no different today in 2021 than we were in the early 20th century. We're no different. People have always come into America from other lands. What's the hang-up? Tell me, where is the outrage and the hang-up about this? What's the hang-up with you feeling as if you are so superior, you're the only person on the planet who can dictate whether or not people live? Look, look, look at white supremacy in action in the royal family. They're telling that young woman that her son, what the color of his skin? Are you kidding me? And you made your wealth for centuries on the backs of brown and black people, and you dare now to say that your son can be part of the royal family after you have robbed and pillaged for centuries. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a reckoning. It's a reckoning. This is the reckoning. People who are Christian leaders are preaching about going to heaven. You better fix this down here first. Heaven is a long way away. This is the reckoning. We've got to deal with this before it gets any worse, before it gets worse and worse. Because people are going to feel like I'm not safe. And I know your people are making fun of them. Look at them. They're weak. None of us ought to feel safe until all of us are safe. You got that. None ought to feel safe until we all are safe. What's the point in you being white and you're privileged, thinking you are safe, you can do whatever you want to do, and at the same time, black people feel enraged that you're suppressing their right to choose leaders that they want, and you're going to shoot up people who are just trying to make a living. 
trying to get out from under poverty, wherever they might have come from. Isn't that what America is about? I thought so. I wondered about that. While failing to mention Queen Charlotte, <laughs> right? She does look a little, Queen Charlotte's picture does look a little <laughs> present company notwithstanding, right? But imagine that. The idea, this idea, the thing with supremacy, it's one thing to say, well, I'm superior because I'm educated in this field and I'm learned in this field. It's okay to say I'm superior because I have more training, more knowledge in this field. It sets you apart. That's a distinction. You're a doctor. You're an anesthesiologist. You're a mortician. You're a a lawyer. You are a an engineer with a specialization in some field. That's different. But to say that your uniqueness is based upon the color of your skin was wrong thousands of years ago. Well, not so long ago, actually. It was just about 500 years ago, if you want to know the truth. It was wrong then, and it's proving now how detrimental it has been. You think this is a civilization built on what? Built on the very idea that one group of people and one race is superior and another is inferior. This has led to war. It led to war when a young white man decided that because he has a sexual fetish that has been okayed by the prevailing whites, that it's okay for him to pick up a gun and go and distort and kill and maim people, kill people because he cannot control himself because it's their fault. That's what that supremacy has led to. That very same supremacy has led to suppressing the rights of black voters nationwide so they don't have a choice to choose which leader they want. What are you people preparing for? Do you have any idea what you are leading up to? Do you really think that having evolved out of Jim Crow, that we didn't learn any lessons and we shouldn't learn any. The, the, the past is supposed to be a guide to the future. History is supposed to provide us with some experience so we don't repeat those mistakes. We're sliding right into the 21st century the same way you did in the 20th century, making the same mistakes of white supremacy and hatred and thinking it's going to work in this new dynamic. It's not. You saw that with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex leaving England and leaving their throne behind because of racism. The big R word, calling it out right there. When they can come forward and tell you that somebody within the family said, what color is the baby skin going to be? A dynamic ever present within the royal family that you have to say, but your whole idea of supremacy is based on the fact that you colonize black and brown people. I know one of their descendants is going to rise up and sit on your throne and you have a problem with it. Good luck, England, dealing with that. That reckoning is going to come too. You just haven't hit that intersection yet. Meanwhile, here in America, our heads are spinning to and fro with the intersectionalities that we're dealing with, racism, Oh, my God, one over here, one over there, sexism, supremacy everywhere. Oh, my God, we're dealing with a convergence of intersections 
and intersectionalities all at once. It's making us dizzy just going from one issue to the other. Maybe they have the luxury in England of just dealing with one thing at a time, a certain level of restraint. We don't have that luxury because we're the leaders of the free world. And we have to show everybody else how to do this. And this is wrong on every level. Nobody. I want to go in today to get my nails done and get a manicure and a pedicure. I want to feel safe. And I want the folks who are there who are working, I recognize that they're hard workers. I recognize that they might have challenges that I don't have. But I want them to feel safe and feel that this is a free country, that my country is free. I want them to feel that safety, that safety. I want all of us to feel safety that I, as a black person driving around in my skin, does not get profiled unnecessarily by the police or the authorities. I need that to be understood. I want to feel safe and free. I want my descendants to feel safe and free. Come on, somebody. We've got to do better. We can, but we don't want to. We want to stick to old ways of doing things that do not work, that cannot conform to the dynamics that exist today. It's a different world. You look around you. Look within the government and the structures that are supposed to oversee these kinds of activities. People are looking more and more less white. Is that the problem? That you may not have because white supremacy is based on the numbers, that there are more whites in places than others, that dynamic was going to change. Do you see now why slavery was a bad idea? They didn't have an exit policy. Their whole idea, the whole premise of slavery was based on being superior to black people because you were more, you had more power than them, simply because you had more numbers. That was never true. Because you encourage them to have children. And so the more they had children, the population grew. It was never a good plan. It's the same thing now. You see now why supremacy doesn't work? This is why the Bible says that God saw the stupidness going on and he sent his son Jesus. You see now why it's, you look at that story now and you're like, that's not a story, that's a reality. It seems like the world needs a savior, doesn't it? It might just be you. This is Harriet Kamek. Thank you so much, everybody. For more information about me, go to my website, HarrietKamek.com. Listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and coming soon to a TV set in your area. Thanks so much. Thanks to my favorite viewer, one of my favorite viewers, Brother Felix. Thank you for engaging with us. Contact me off camera. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.